When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Don't Hello everyone, welcome to Sports Day WA. It's lovely to have your company on this pretty warm Wednesday, but I like it. It warms the bones and uh, we know spring is in the air, summer's just around the corner and we've got cricket happening and I like my cricket. Big bash here at Optus Stadium. Uh, We're going to be talking a bit of cricket a little bit later on. We're going to speak to Chloe Paparo, who's the captain of the West Australian women's cricket team. They started their campaign yesterday. She hit 98 off 115 balls. They beat a star-studded Victorian outfit led by Meg Lanning and co. Uh, They play again tomorrow at the Wacker. So we'll speak to Chloe a bit later on. It's her sixth season as captain of the WA cricket team, also part of the WBBL as well. And uh, we look forward to having a chat to her about that. She's coming up a bit later on. But firstly, for our friends at Cobram Estate, uh, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil. A couple of the major happenings at the moment. We've got some cricket. Australia taking on India in Rajkok, which is a part of India. We've lost five ODIs in a row, three in South Africa, the first two in India, as we prepare for the World Cup. And Australia have done okay so far in this third ODI. They're one for 113. Dave Warner was the man dismissed, but batted very well. Got the Australians off to a flyer. He made 56 of 34 balls with six fours and four sixes. Mitch Marsh has opened with him. He's on 41 not out. Steve Smith on 17 not out. So in the 14th over, Australia running at one for 114. One for 114. The players to still bat are Manus Labuschagne. Alex Carey, Glenn Maxwell, Cameron Green. Pat Cummings is back as captain. Mitchell Stark, uh, Tanvir Sangar and Josh Hazelwood. So one for 114 of 13.3 overs. So they've started okay, have the Australians. And the other big story is it's interesting, isn't it, how there's so much synergy between individuals when it comes to Collingwood and the Brisbane Lions. And today it was announced the, the Brisbane Lions triple premiership coach and AFL Hall of Fame legend Lee Matthews will present the premiership cup to the Lions senior coach Chris Fagan and the Lions co-captains Harris Andrews and Lockie Neal if Brisbane are successful against Collingwood in Saturday's grand final. And since 2004, each competing club in the AFL grand final can nominate a representative to present the premiership cup to the winning team and Matthews accepted the club's invitation this week. As we know, he coached the Lions for 237 games across 10 seasons from 1999 to 2008, resulting, as we know, in the historic three-peat of premierships. 
and he's been a director of the Brisbane Lions as well since 2013. Another gentleman that played when Lee Matthews coached Pro, uh, Collingwood to that 1990 flag and ended that drought. Of course, their previous flag success before 1990 for the Magpies was back in 1958. So it was a long time coming. In 1990, they broke that drought. Lee Matthews was the coach. And a player in that grand final was Craig Stasevich, who started brilliantly before being knocked out, I think, by Terry Danaher of Essendon. Uh, I think may have been just before halftime or just after halftime. Anyway, Craig Stasevich is a premiership player for Collingwood in that 1990 uh, grand final. But since then, he went up to Brisbane, played a couple of seasons up there and has been involved now since 2017 in the AFLW program as coach of the Brisbane Lions. So we're going to talk to Craig Stasevich a bit later on. He's got his thoughts on the AFLW competition, his thoughts on Brisbane and Collingwood in the grand final. And as we know, he's got a nephew that's playing there at this point in time as well. We'll have a chat to him about the family connection now at the uh, Brisbane Lions. So we've got him coming up a bit later. So come and join us on the Temper of Bedshed text machine. As I said, there's always some great stories that come out of every AFL Grand Final. And those are the couple of the leading stories uh, coming your way here on Sports Day WA. All thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in Northern Victoria. And you can join us on the Temper of Bedshed text machine as well. 0487 736 736 Bedshed are the experts in temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases and you can check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au We are here for the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre who have been serving WA for over 45 years. I reckon there's no arguments whatsoever about Adam Kingsley being judged as the coach of the year after what he did with GWS, taking him from 16th last season to a preliminary final this season. He's spoken since being bestowed that award, and this is what he had to say. Coming from the coaching association and all the coaches voting on it, it's just... Yeah, it's, it's quite surreal, really. I, I'm just, as I said at the start, I'm stoked that, that they consider me the coach of the year and, you know, I'm just, yeah, just really happy about it. There were moments there when you miss out on jobs where you kind of go, well, geez, is, is this ever going to happen? Is this job for me? Should I just settle down and just be as the best assistant coach I can possibly be? Or should I move on to something else and, and really explore other avenues? And, uh, and so all those sort of bridges you cross when you miss out on jobs, and I'm sure everyone in any profession is the same when they aspire to to grow and uh, progress in their jobs and they don't quite, um, you know, it doesn't quite work out for them. But, I mean, it's, it's important to, to reflect and learn your lessons and then try and grow, and, and that's exactly what I did. So there you go. That's Adam Kingsley, uh, one of the headlines today. He spoke after winning the... Uh, Coaches Association Coach of the Year for Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Gillam McLaughlin will say finally farewell after the AFL Grand Final. His tenure as CEO of the AFL that started back in 2014 and certainly he's done for the most part, I think, a, a pretty good job. But he hands over the baton to Andrew Dillon after the AFL Grand Final on Saturday and he reflected on his legacy 
That's been a huge part of my professional life, not the only part, but it's been the most substantive by far. I've had this incredible privilege role. I think I'm leaving in good shape. I hope I'm leaving. I didn't want to leave late. You know, I just, you know, so there, is a, there was always a risk you keep staying because the highs are high, but the lows are low. But I think you've got to keep moving, and I feel good about it, but I'm going to be reflective as, as you, you know, decisions ultimately that, that, that responsibility rest with someone else. And so I think if you've loved a job like I have, you'll be reflective, but I also feel I gave it my best shot, and I'll move on happy with that. Yeah, I think he's happy with it, and I think a lot of people are probably happy with the performance, but I'll throw it out to you, our beloved Sports Day WA listeners. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the top and 1 being the lowest, how would you rate Gillan McLaughlin's tenure as AFL CEO since he took over from Andrew Demetriou in 2014? On a scale of 1 to 10, uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on how you viewed it. The transformation of the game from where it was in 2014 to where it is now in 2023. There's been some significant changes uh, with the clubs, uh, the expansion, the umpires, just the whole fabric of the game has changed. There has been a couple of failures. AFLX didn't exactly work, and that was one of uh, Gillen's ideas. That quickly went to the waste paper basket. But generally, on a scale of 1 to 10, have you seen Gillen's tenure as CEO of the AFL, as he says, goodbye on Saturday after the AFL Grand Final. I'd love to hear from you. Get on the temper of bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. A premiership player with Collingwood and also very much entrenched in the Brisbane Lions. We'll speak to former East Perth player in Craig Starsevich next here on Sports Day WA. Give us your thoughts on Gillan McLaughlin's tenure as he waves farewell and rides off into the sunset after the AFL Grand Final on Saturday on a scale of 1 to 10. 10 being excellent, of course, uh, top marks. 1 being not so good at the other end of the scale. Uh, we're getting a couple coming through, and I'll acknowledge those in just a moment. Just updating the cricket, uh, well done to Mitch Marsh. He just posted a half century off 45 balls. He's 50 not out. Steve Smith, 25 not out. And after 17 overs, Australia won for 131. It's a quarter past five as we welcome uh, Craig Starsevich uh, to the program. Started his footy career here in the WAFL with East Perth. And as we know, has been away from WA now for over three decades, applying his trade in the AFL, a premiership player with Collingwood, and spending um, most of his years now in Brisbane as a Brisbane Lions player involved in the club and in recent times uh, an AFLW coach with Brisbane. Craig, uh, thanks for joining us here on Sports Day WA. Nice to be invited in, Peter. Gee, I can't, remember, I can't remember the last time I would have talked to Craig Starsevich. I reckon it was when he was playing with Collingwood all those years ago. We may have touched base during your time there in the northern state in Queensland, but you've been living there now, what, for 30 years? Uh, pretty much, yeah. We got here at the end of 93 and got started in 94 with, with the Bears and, I don't know, three or four years later, they became the Lions and, um, you know, we all move on from footy and change jobs and do different things. But, um, yeah, it's been um, been very enjoyable. Brisbane's very similar to Perth in a lot of ways, which is probably why... Um, the family's grown up here and we, we sort of haven't moved. We've tried to get back to Perth a few times, but unsuccessfully. <laughs> and how big is the Starsevich brood these days? Uh, I've got a couple of older children now. Uh, my oldest daughter's uh, had her own daughter now, so 
I've recently become a grandfather, so you know. Congratulations. Life, life, life rolls on, Peter. Yeah, getting older. Is she uh, been involved with Australian rules football because her dad has been involved with the AFLW program now since 2017. Anybody been keen to be coached by dad? <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> you, know what, you know what kids and parents are like. Oh, um, you're, you're the last person they listen to. So, um, uh, no, my daughter was a, a pretty good netballer. Um, my mum was a decent netballer as well. So I think that's uh, football really wasn't a thing when she was growing up. That's how quickly things have escalated in the last decade or so. But, um, yeah, netball was more her game. My son played a little bit of footy as well. But, um, yeah, they've all been pretty active. Yeah, we remember, of course, uh, your mum's feet on the netball court, uh, one of the greats, uh, certainly from this side of the country. What about AFLW, Craig? You've been involved with it uh, since the early days. Now we're in season eight. You started in 2017. Have you seen the growth of the competition in your time? Yeah, it's, it's come along very quickly, Peter. Um, you know, when I think back to 2017 and we were plucking people out of community footy and trying to teach them professional habits um, and get things happening really, really quickly. Um, unfortunately for us, I reckon a lot of people who first had eyes on AFLW probably only remember that and haven't got back into it. So I can only encourage people that um, might, might have looked in the first couple of years and thought we we're a long way off. Well, it's it's come along in leaps and bounds, and the product now is a very entertaining one to watch. Uh, the competition scoring this year has gone through the roof. Um, there's a lot of competitive teams out there and the, the style of footy and the quality of the footies uh, come on enormously. I think I think the big reason is probably the kids that are getting drafted now have come from Auskick all the way through and, and uh, you know, they've, they've had a footy in their hands since they could stand, uh, very similar to probably their brothers. And, um, and, and now, um, you know, girls coming through high school now have got a really viable choice as a professional sport to come and play AFL. Of course, you headlined your time there at the AFLW with Brisbane, winning a premiership in 2021. We'll talk about that in a moment. But what about the Australian Rules program in schools in Queensland? Are more schools taking up playing Australian Rules football? Oh, absolutely. The, the school competition here is uh, bigger than the club numbers. So, um, yeah, school footy is a very, very important part of um, us getting a foothold into the sporting market in Queensland. Um, super competitive environment in winter here with so many sports on offer for, uh, for the first choice female athlete and probably boys as well. So um, through the Footy Clubs Academy, we're able to engage you know, kids that might drift off and play other sports. But um, we've been pretty, pretty lucky that way to... The first and foremost, the, the club's been pretty strong in the last five or six years. And you know, that normally gets everyone's attention. Um, but there's a lot of people at AFL Queensland doing a lot of work in schools to make sure kids are, are picking up a, a Saren and, and um, see footy as a, a career choice. What's interesting, uh, Craig, is the battle between AFLW and NRLW, which is televised as well, like AFLW. How much of a tug of war is it between the two codes up there, not just in the women's game, but now in the men's game as well? Well... If you listen to Gil and him, him rattling off his numbers, he, he likes to get on the front foot and tell the world how, how well we're going, which is actually true um, with the amount of people playing footy. But 
Um, if you ask someone like Charlie Cameron, who regularly invites Adam Reynolds into the change rooms after his games, and and we uh, as an AFLW team had a joint training session with the Broncos NRLW team um, a couple of weeks ago. So from a player's perspective, they're all very respectful, and you know we love sharing ideas and training together and supporting each other. Um, but at a higher level, um, the battle's well and truly on. That's for sure. Let's have a look at 2021. No doubt one of the highlights so far in your AFLW career, taking the Brisbane Lions to a premiership. And you've been a consistent team right throughout your tenure. What's been the success to keeping the Brisbane Lions right there in the AFLW spotlight? I think from the start, we wanted to be successful. Um, We definitely wanted the the rusted-on Brisbane Lions follower to be proud of the team that was running out there um, in AFLW. So from the from the get-go, that was really important that we made a, a bit of a statement and were you know, seen to be successful from the start. Um, and when I first started coaching there, I was very um, keen to get ex-male uh, players involved in the program uh, to help as assistant coaches. So Daniel Merritt and Brent Staker were, were huge for us in the first three or four years just to um, add that little bit of extra credibility to what we were doing and bring across all those Lions fans to take an interest, basically. Mm. Um, so that, plus the fact that we had a really good batch of Queenslanders, Queenslanders to pick from to start, um, our pathways are really strong here in, in Queensland with the with the talent program. Um, so we've been pretty lucky, actually, pretty fortunate to have so many people work, working behind the scenes and then you know funneling all that great talent up to AFLW. Saying that, the on-field talent's been very good and, of course, the league BNF for Ali Anderson has continued being one of the stars of the competition. Yeah, she has, and, and the season before that, Emily Bates as well. So we've had we've had the last two women's Brunello winners, if you like, um, come out of our club, So, um, which is which is pretty, uh, pretty uh, good indication of the quality of talent that we're able to um, grow in this in this state. And, uh, you know, they've they're both very driven athletes and, and have uh, well and truly deserved their, the recognition. Craig, are you comfortable where the season is placed? Because the AFL is trying to find a bit of clear air for the AFLW. It's always going to be difficult. Give them the bye before the finals. That gives them clear air for a week. But in the end, they're competing against the AFL, which is always going to be difficult to try and get headlines. Uh, where do you think it should be positioned? Do you think the right positioning is there right now? Yeah, I'm actually one of the advocates for spring because, um, you know, that you start off in the bye week of the boys and, yeah, you are competing with, with the finals, four weeks, four, four games in the first week for the boys and then, you know, a couple, two games each for the next two and then, of course, grand final week and the focus is clearly on the men's comp. Um, but we're up to round five this week. We, we play Hawthorne the day after the grand final, so that's a, that's a busy one for for us to negotiate with the boys in the, in the granny on the Saturday. Uh, but I like spring. We, we, we were playing in summer up here, Peter, and it's, it's horrendous in February and March to try and um, play footy. So, um, but having said that, we didn't have our, our beautiful new um, training facility at Brighton's own marina. So uh, that, that, that gives us a great facility that we can play footy under light. So we never, never really had that when summer was going around. So, so who knows, maybe a switch back to that might be the go. But I, I actually like spring. 
I know, I don't know what you like. You're like Peter, but the day after the AFL Grand Final, I'm I'm itching for AFL content. So it's, it's like you know, it's 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 like this black hole that you got to fill after the Grand Final. So yeah. hopefully, you know, the the Lions supporters can have a great day Saturday and then continue to watch us on Sunday and then the next couple of months as well. Yeah, no, it's exciting stuff. And as you mentioned, you've got Hawthorne who've only won the one game this season, so. You travel south. You're at three and one at this stage. You'd be almost favourites to take that off. But judging from what I'm seeing so far, it's a pretty even competition, bar maybe a couple at the foot. Yeah, I mean the the, the usual suspects at the top, the Melbournes and the Adelaides, are, uh, are, are driving the competition again, and we're sort of clinging to that group as well. Um, but we've got, there, there are some teams that have really, really improved in recent times: Richmond and Geelong and. Um, uh, Fremantle look like they're they're starting to um, charge up again. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, an interesting time. There's a lot of clubs that are um, have been in the comp now. Take Richmond for example, played finals last year for the first time, and they've and that was their third or fourth year in the competition. So I think you'll see things squeeze up in terms of um, how competitive it will be across the comp. Um, the longer that the new clubs um, are in the competition and get more pre-seasons under their belts. Mm, we're talking to Craig Starsevich in our segment, Chats with Mates, uh, Mate, Fair Dinkum Internet, Without the Fuss. Uh, you spoke about family a bit earlier on when we introduced you to the program, and there is a bit of family. Of course, your nephew, Brandon, plays with the Brisbane Lions. What's it like having your nephew around the club? Yeah, fantastic, actually. It's, um, our club... Uh, yeah, but quite apart from the fact that you just bump into each other and you can, you know, duck off in between their sessions and grab a coffee and chat and, you know, catch up on family-type business. But um, the club as a whole now that we've moved into the new building is absolutely brilliant that you've got female and male athletes sharing the same space and passing each other in the corridors of the gym or the kicking room or the recovery centre or whatever it is. So it's got a really, really nice feel about it, the new place we're in. Yeah, and, Bra- and Brandon, yeah. of course, came through like his uncle, came through the WAFL at East Perth and certainly has made a name for himself in the senior side. Yeah, it took him a, a little while to get going, but he's, um, you know, he's up, up around 100 games now and been a regular player and, and been high in the in the club BNF for the last couple of years. So um, they certainly, I know Fags is pretty happy with what he brings to the table in terms of um, helping out in their uh, in their defence. So uh, it's, now that they've had a bit of change through there, it's almost like him and Harris Andrews are the most experienced ones down there at the moment mm. um, with you know, a whole lot of new ones with Wilmot and Coleman and recently Connor McKenna coming into that group. So, um, yeah, it's been uh, been a really interesting um, interesting to watch how that, how that team's evolved over even the last 12 months and, and got themselves into contention this weekend. You were recruited from East Perth for whom you played 37 games after you won the 1986, as we know, FD Book Medal. Judged the best and fairest player at the Royals. You were recruited by Collingwood in the VFL. And as we know, you were there in 1990 when they ended that drought where their last premiership was back in 1958. And they were saying you're an outside chance to claim the Norm Smith Medal. That's how well you were going until you had that heavy blow from Essendon defender Terry Danaher. I know it's about 33 years ago, Craig, but do you get reminded about that very often? Um, occasionally, yeah. 
normally this week, actually, because <laughs> um, for the rest of the year, it's um, it's not really in the conversation apart from Grand Final week. But um, yeah, I mean, they're, it's, they're nice memories, no doubt about that. And and that's the one thing about you know, if you're lucky enough to get over the line um, this Saturday, then you get a chance to hang on to that that uh, that memory and and share that special day with so many other people and um you know every five ten years every 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 year around this time there's there's always a catch-up going on with with the group so i know that that's not unique to us it's every every team who's won a premiership does that just a a very special bond that you have with the the people that you played with on that day it's really interesting isn't it how people reconnect Uh, lee matthews was your coach in 1990 when collingwood broke the uh the drought and as we know, he was part of the three-peat uh, in the early part of the new century, 2001, 2002 and 2003. And then now, if Brisbane win the uh, AFL Grand Final on Saturday, he'll be presenting the Premiership Cup to, uh, of course, uh, Chris Fagan and uh, the captain of the Brisbane Lions Football Club. It's amazing how he was there at Collingwood and now he's become such an important figure at Brisbane. Yeah, he's always around the place, Lee. I mean, he, he settled in Brisbane after he finished coaching and, and obviously has continued his commentary. Um, and I know Fags and Greg Swan, our CEO, and uh, a league catch up on a weekly basis for, for dinner and probably talk all sorts of things. But um, you know, Lee's always around the place. He's, he's great for me to, to just, um, you know, get some reassurance from from time to time as well. Um, I, I consider myself extremely lucky to have been coached by him and then and then work with him when I was at Brisbane also afterwards. So um, his knowledge of the game and his, his ability to be able to take difficult concepts and make them simple is second to none. Um, yeah, and, and, and it's, it's one of those things where after after what we've been hearing this week with Ron Barassi and, and his involvement in footy, I mean, Lee would be right up there, I would have thought, in terms of... Um, how much he's contributed to the game. So we're all super, uh, super um, grateful that we've been able to cross paths with him. That's that's for sure. And Craig, as I'll let you go, you're down there. Your most important role is the AFLW match against Hawthorne, as you mentioned, on Sunday after the AFL Grand Final. Are you allowed and will you be going to the big event on Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely we are. We're... Um, uh, we actually had, we had, we had the girls. We played North Melbourne down in Launceston last Saturday night, uh, or last Sunday, and, and the Saturday night we were in the hotel as a group watching the game. And uh, the, the girls are super invested in, in the boys' games. They're, they're regulars at the Gabba, um, and they'll definitely be going to the MCG. So you know that's it's such a huge day for the football club in general that uh, there's no way that um, the female playing group are going to miss out on being there live to to share the experience. So uh, we'll definitely be there. Looks like it's going to be a nice day too, Peter, 28 degrees and fine and sunny. So hopefully that suits uh, suits the boys. Yeah, yeah, we're pushing the heat. It's 34 in Perth today. So we're pushing the heat across wow. the Nullarbor and it's arriving there in Melbourne on the weekend. As we let you go, you've had certainly success with both clubs, even though injury curtailed uh, your uh, involvement uh, a couple of seasons at the Brisbane Lions. I think you racked up around about 20 or, or so games, but you've uh, been such an important part of the football club when it comes to the AFLW program. And as we mentioned, you've been there since 2017. You're probably more favouring now. You're a Brisbane man more than even though you're a premiership player with Collingwood. Saying that, putting your sort of allegiances aside, 
how do you think the game will go on Saturday? Uh, well, that's impossible to put put the allegiance aside. I'm going to say, <laughs> so, um, um, you know, we will be. Um, yeah, we're very invested in what the boys are doing, but um, I don't know. I, I'm, it's Collingwood a play, uh, and and Collingwood coached by an ex Lions great as well, so that, yes. that makes it even harder. Mm. So um, it's it's a, it's going to be a really difficult one. It's you know you always always say games of footy are won and lost in the midfield, and yeah, that that that's a that's a really intriguing battle in there, uh, particularly Lockie's uh, great achievement on Monday night and. How's he going to come up on Saturday? Who, who, who's, uh, who has Fly got planned to play on him? Um, I think we're pretty strong up front. We've got plenty of avenues to go with different types of players up front as well. Um, it's it's really, really intriguing. Um, so, yeah, can't, can't wait to see what happens, actually, because um, I know the boys have beaten uh, the Pies twice this year, but it, Neither time was at the MCG, so that's another little wild card to throw in there as well. So mm. I'm hoping uh, the Lions boys edge them out in a close one. Yeah. Oh, good on you, Craig. Thanks for joining us. Uh, by the way, I, I meant to mention it earlier. Is Jackson still playing footy, your son? Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's um, he's now uh, he played up in the Ballarat League this year and did very well, made the team of the year, which good on him. Um, everyone's very proud of. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's, he's really enjoying his footy and throwing himself into his work as well, which is uh, fantastic. So very proud of him. Good on you. All right, Craig, lovely to talk to you. Thanks very much. Good luck uh, for the remainder of the AFLW season. Certainly uh, Brisbane appear that they'll be in the mix and uh, enjoy the day on Saturday and good luck for the match on Sunday. Will do. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me. Good on you, Craig. Craig Starsevich joining us uh, and speaking very well. Uh, quite an extended interview. He, uh, he's a very, very good man and certainly uh, he's very well entrenched at the Brisbane football system. And he was brought to you thanks to our friends at uh, Chat With Mate. Score a mobile deal as good as a Sam Kerr Weldy with Mate. And looking at the cricket... Go, Mitch Marsh, 61, not out of 60 balls. Smith is 46 of 40. Australia in the 23rd over, one for 164. Dave Warner, the man out, he was out for 56. Uh, played very well and got Australia off to a flyer. So uh, that's the current situation. The run rate, 7.29 is the current run rate. As we know, Australia have lost their last five ODIs and uh, are down 2-0 in this current series as they build up to the World Cup. At the moment, they're doing OK as Marsh pulls one through mid-wicket, down to the boundary for four. So Marsh up to 65 off 62 balls, one for 168. Just a couple of uh, texts on the Tempera Betcher text machine. I wanted everyone to give us a bit of an uh, undertaking on what they thought of about uh, Gil McLaughlin's tenure as CEO of the AFL, been there since 2014. Peter, I'll give Gil a two. He's fine, nothing to fix. Uh, the compromise fixtures, Brisbane last play West Coast in Perth in 2017. There is also unfairness in dealing with the five and six day breaks. The equalisation policy is secretive and not fair. Umpiring and the laws of the game need a complete overhaul. Alex goes on and on. The Coleman medal and the Brownlow are compromised as those teams playing bottom teams twice reap the benefits. Uh, he's uh, certainly onto it. So he's given him a two, would you believe? Uh, Alex, 
Spiri down in Bustleton is giving him a three out of ten. Uh, Pete, just confirming ten is the highest and one is the lowest. Ha ha. Yeah, I think I might have mentioned that a couple of times. Uh, no name to that. We've got a four out of ten. So really, the ones that I've got, Gillan McLaughlin has failed to get a pass mark in his tenure as CEO of the AFL. I tell you, he's got a pass mark and doing very well after 98 yesterday. Is Chloe Paparo, the captain of the WA cricket team. She joins us next. Welcome back to Sports Day WA. You're with Peter Vlahos. Great to have your company. Of course, get behind the Perth Wildcats this coming NBL season. The season all starts on Friday night at uh, RAC Arena when they're taking on the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. So get on board. And for Australia's biggest and best range of Wildcats merchandise, all you need to do is visit catsgear.com.au. AU. And as we've mentioned, a bit of news floating around. The big news for Irrigear to save time and water, Irrigear is here, is that Collingwood coach Craig McRae has declared the flexibility Billy Frampton offers his team was a key reason why he will replace fellow key position recruit Dan McStay in the Magpies grand final team. The 201 centimetre former Crow will play his first game since round 24 and 16th for the year in the big one on Saturday after the Pies decided to stick with its current composition of tools in the season decider. So with McRae confirming the news today in the sign that the Magpies have settled their lineup well ahead of tomorrow evening's deadline. And meanwhile, the AFL chief executive, Gillan McLaughlin, has issued a public plea to Lance Franklin as mystery surrounds the legendary forwards grand final plans. Now, as we know, Franklin quietly retired in July just days after he was substituted out of his 354th and ultimately final game with another calf injury. Such was the 36-year-old's desire to step away without fanfare that he swiftly left Sydney and did not attend the Swans' farewell press conference. He did, however, return to the SCG last month for an overwhelming lap of honour at the Swans' round 24 home game against Melbourne. He wasn't at the Brownlow medal on Monday night and attention now is turning on whether he will be at the MCG on Saturday for the traditional pre-game motorcade of retiring stars that'll feature Premiership captains Trett Cotchin, Joel Selwood, West Coast Eagles Shannon Hearn and as well taking part will be Isaac Smith, Jack Revolt, Luke Shuey, just to name some of the players that have retired this season. So a couple of uh, headlines there, thanks to Irrigear, which offers expert advice and better ir irrigation solutions to save time and water, Irrigear is here. And let's now move on to our next special guest here on Sports Day WA for the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. This next person I'm going to talk to is a real gun. Don't worry, a real gun when it comes to Australian cricket. Chloe Paparo yesterday made 98 not out with Australia, or say Western Australia, defeating Victoria. They play again tomorrow and we'll talk about it. But uh, she's also the captain. It's her sixth season as captain of the WA team and she joins us on the program now. Chloe, thanks for your time. Nice to reconnect again. Thanks for having me, Peter. Appreciate it. Congratulations on that knock yesterday. It's always good when you start the season the way you started yesterday. Even though you didn't make the triple figures, still a great knock off 115 balls, 98, steering your side to victory. Yeah, obviously always nice to, to start off with a win at home and, yeah, to, to get some runs on the board as well. Um, you know, 
I guess you have a long, long off season, long pre season. So to um, put that that hard work into action in round one was was nice to see it pay off. Now you're leading WA for a sixth consecutive summer in the WNCL. That's credit to yourself and your leadership. You no doubt look forward to leading this team, and you've done it for a number of years now. How much have you learned over the journey? Yeah, definitely. I love it. Love my job, and um, it's definitely had its ups and downs, and, and definitely periods where I've questioned my my ability and my leadership. But um, you know, I've always been backed in by our coaches and, and the squad as well. So um, yeah, I think the biggest learning's probably been around my tactical development over the past couple of seasons, and um, yeah, especially with the, with the bowlers that we've got, just trying to use them um, to our best advantage. But yeah, obviously it's a good challenge, and I love it. And yeah, just try and. Um, yeah, lead the girls in the, in the right direction. That was a big win yesterday because, as we know, Victoria are laced with some good players. Meg Lanning returning as well for the Vicks, making, I think, a half century. But you won with 14.5 overs to spare. That was a comprehensive victory. Yeah, it was. I think, yeah, credit to our, our bowling attack. To, to keep any team um, under 180 on the whacker is astounding, especially when they've got, you know, four or five Aussie representatives. So, Super happy for our bowling group, and yeah, as I said, they put their hard work in the in the preseason into into games. So that was awesome to see, and then to to chase it down just two wickets um, and get a bonus point victory is awesome. So yeah, fantastic way to start the season for us. So how much will your team be different tomorrow? I know that Beth Mooney played on Tuesday, but she'll be unavailable tomorrow because she's linking up with the Australian T20 squad. So how many changes will there be for the WA side tomorrow? Yeah, obviously, um, awesome to have Beth for one game. Um, unfortunately, she didn't um, add to our total, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> glad we got over the line without her. But, yeah, she'll miss tomorrow as she links up with the Aussies. And, um, you know, I'm not sure. We'll just have to see how Chloe Ainsworth pulls up after her workload yesterday, coming back from injury. But other than that, should be pretty similar. Alana King will play again before she moves on uh, with the Australian yeah. team. Yeah, Kingy will play again, which is awesome to have her for two games. Um, she... And then links up with the Aussie one-day team. So, yeah, we'll um, definitely make use of her tomorrow. You're only as good as the depth. And we saw certainly last summer a couple of rising stars, particularly Lily Mills, who was your leading wicket-taker. No doubt uh, she's better after what was a very good season last summer. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Lily's obviously quite young still and, and honing her craft in, in terms of her off-spin bowling. But, yeah, it's super threatening for us in, in all kind of three phases of the game. So, um, yeah, again, she's had a lot of... Um, put a lot of hard work in, into, in the off-season and um, was raring to go yesterday and hopefully plenty more wickets to come. We know that you're one of the experienced campaigners, certainly helping in the batting strength, and we saw it last season uh, at the top of the order, was uh, Maddie Dark, and she's an important player for WA this summer. Yeah, definitely. Mads was um, selected in the Aussie A Tour that went over um, and kind of played um, some some games over in England when the Ashes Women's Ashes was on as well, so that was a, a great experience from her for her, and I know she learnt a lot and is um, eager to put that into practice. Um, unfortunately, missed out, got a start yesterday, but but couldn't go on with it. But um, yeah, she's got a really bright future, and, and hopefully, um, plenty more runs in yellow and black. So, Chloe, how do you see the squad this season compared to last season? Yeah, it's been a pretty um, consistent squad. We've only had the one change um, in terms of our squad. And I think that that's really awesome to, to kind of have some consistency and um, have the same kind of girls around and try and build on that, you know, culture off the field as well. I think um, really awesome. So, yeah, all our younger players have had another season under their belt and another pre-season. So um, they're only going to be better for those experiences.
It really is exciting summer coming up. We've got the WBBL as well. But unfortunately, news coming out today that England star Danny Wyatt has withdrawn from the squad for the WBBL, which is a bit of a blow to the team in Orange. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, super disappointing that, that Danny isn't going to take part in the in the Big Bash this year. But I've no doubt that um, the hierarchy of the Scorchers are working really hard behind the scenes to try and get someone to fill her shoes. And, and if not, we know that we've got plenty of depth in our squad as well. Is the club now looking for a replacement overseas player, the fact that Danny can't make it? Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, we've got the ability to contract a, another overseas. So uh, I know plenty of players didn't get picked up in the draft. So I assume, um, you know, they'll um, look at those opportunities. What do you think of the WBBL draft? No, it, was, it wasn't too bad. I, um, you know, it was a, a bit of media attention around it. And I guess, um, obviously, when there's more money in the game, um, that's a great thing. And, yeah, to see to see that kind of process go about um, in women's cricket was, was great. I know Sophie Devine was probably overall disappointed with her individual performance uh, in the Perth Scorchers lineup last season. She's back again, uh, the New Zealand star. Let's hopefully uh, she can return to her best. Yeah, I mean, a player like that, I don't think you can keep him down for too long. So, um, yeah, full, full of confidence in Soap's ability to, to um, you know, come, come back stronger than ever and really put some runs on the board for us. I mean, she's been a um, big bash player of the tournament uh, for a few couple of times, I think. So, um, hoping she can bring her best again this season. What do you think about the profile of women's sport? We saw the Matildas uh, a couple of months ago take Australia by storm. And we've now seen uh, cricket at a very high level. And you mentioned more media attention. We've got the AFLW happening and certainly other women's sport. Your thoughts on the profile of women's cricket and also women's sport in general? Yeah, I think finally it's kind of getting the, the attention that it deserves. I think, um, as us all athletes know, we put so much time and effort into uh, honing our craft and putting our skills on display. And I think, um, you know, we get compared to the men a lot, but... I guess, you know, if you're a true sports fan, you know that the games have their little, you know, idiosyncrasies and they're a little bit different. And um, I think the women's game of cricket is somewhat better than the men's. There's, there's less power hitting, brute force and more nuance and stuff like that. And um, I think that's a real credit to the women playing playing cricket. And, yeah, I think um, the Matilda showed us what, what you can do when you get around a, a national sporting team like that. So... Um, yeah, we're super grateful to finally be getting um, the attention and support that, that I think is long deserved. Good stuff. For those people that want to get down and watch some great cricket tomorrow at the Wacker, it gets underway, I think, around about 10 o'clock, and you'd be pretty keen to make it back-to-back -back against the Vicks, but they'd be smarting after getting trounced on Tuesday, so it'll probably be a different type of team you'll take on tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, they, as I said, they had a lot of Aussie representatives that, that they'll also link up and with the Aussie team. So um, their squad, their team will, will no doubt look different. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure Meg will be um, looking to bounce back. She doesn't often like to lose. So, um, yeah, we're expecting their best and won't take them lightly to get two wins at the Wacker at home. will be will be awesome start to our season. Good on you, Chloe, uh, the WA captain. We're going to keep in touch and follow the uh, competition very closely indeed. It's going to be a very busy summer, certainly for WA uh, women's cricket, as we know, with the certainly women's competition being played at the moment the WNCL, and then we get into the WBBL as well. Looking forward to it. Chloe, thanks for your time. Congratulations on your 98. Uh, let's hope you go a couple better tomorrow. <laughs> thanks, Peter. Appreciate your support. Great to have a chat to Chloe Paparo, who's an outstanding cricketer, and as I mentioned, captaining the WA side.
for a sixth consecutive season. Just before I go, the Leg Up is Australia's fastest-growing tipping service. Let's now get an update from Blake Johnston. G'day, fellas. Nice to get a couple of winners home for our SEN listeners over the last few days. Best bet tomorrow is... Wyong race four, number three, Oakfield Prince. He was edged out by a dulcify hopeful two back and then last start getting to a mile for the first time. He led it a fast clip and he was only run down over the concluding stages. Strips fitter for that, owns this race from the front and he'll prove very hard to beat. Good luck if you follow, fellas. Thanks to Blake Johnston. And of course, you can get a leg up on the bookies with Australia's fast growing tipping service, thelegup.com.au. I'm leaking it out of here. That's it for Sports Day WA. Thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmark, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. I've thoroughly enjoyed the show. Hope you have. I'll be back again tomorrow from 5, where we will unveil the grand final teams and bring you up to date with everything that's happening in the Collingwood and Brisbane Lions camps. Looking forward to the big match on Saturday. Have a great night tonight. See you tomorrow from five. Thanks to Jimmy and Bryant for helping us out this evening.